0: Hey there, and welcome back to another episode of Scopophilia. We are the Millennial Movie Movement, and I, of course, am your host, Becky Teller, back at it with more film content and more amazing people coming on the show to talk about their favorite movie. I cannot tell you how psyched I was when I got the notification that our guest this week was coming on the show. Not only has she been in almost all of your favorite films, uh, just in general. I mean, the list of her credits is absolutely unreal. She is an incredibly talented actress. And I'm speaking about none other than Alana Ubach. Now, if the name doesn't necessarily ring true, or if it's not something that is in your consciousness, All of the characters that she has played in her career definitely will. Um, Not only was she in Legally Blonde, she's also in Waiting. She's also in Bombshell. She's also in Coco. She is the ultimate acting chameleon. And I was so psyched to have her on the show. I am such a huge fan of her career and her repertoire. And so when she said she was coming on the show, I was psyched. I was so excited, and I was not disappointed, not that I thought I would be. Absolutely wonderful person to sit down with and talk, and and talk about such a great film as well. I never know what people are going to come on the show and talk about, and this one I did not see coming. I feel like that is always kind of the case here on the show, but we are talking about Victor Victoria, which is 1982, Julie Andrews absolutely stunning film and a little groundbreaking if you actually like sit down and and really look at this film from a critical eye. Um, But all in all, absolutely a feel-good, fun, um, very drag-heavy film. And so not only did I get to revisit uh, Victor Victoria, but I also got to sit down with such an amazing actress. So I could honestly go on and on about how uh, pumped I was about this interview, or I could actually just let you listen to the interview instead. (laughs) So, without further ado, my interview with Alana Ubach about her favorite film, Victor Victoria. Enjoy! Scopophilia is the newest thing to hit the market. Defined as deriving aesthetic pleasure from looking at something... It's the new craze sweeping the nation. Taken in large doses, side effects can include an addictive nature to have more film content. If this increase occurs, consult no one and keep listening. Hey there, scopophiliacs, and welcome back to another episode of Scopophilia, the podcast. And this is going to be an amazing one, and uh, for so many reasons, I'm so honored because today we have Alana Ubach on the show, and I I'm a huge fan. I was so thrilled when our people connected us first and foremost. But Woo! for
1: people, be- all right,
0: <laughs> <laughs> for, be- for people who maybe don't um, know, your... like. I- I'm convinced everybody knows who you are, but for people who aren't connecting the dots
1: just yet, tell us a little bit about yourself. No one knows my name. I mean, <laughs> if, if they know my name, I'm very impressed. They're usually like hipster film students, but um, <laughs> no one really <laughs> knows my name. My name is an odd one, and I've been doing this for uh, 33 years now. You might know me from uh, Beekman's World, if you are my age, or uh, <laughs> Waiting, or uh, Meet the Fockers, or Girlfriend's Guide to Divorce, uh, Euphoria. I play the drunk mom, the lush mom. And <laughs> uh, and a million other things um, that you may have seen me in for a split second. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm a huge, huge fan.
0: Thank uh, I mean, Thank you. just kind of going back through like what you've done as an actress, I was like, oh my gosh, I forgot she was in this. Oh my gosh, I forgot she was in this. And she was like, wonderful. Every single
1: time. I I I forget I'm in things. I'm like, oh my God, that's right. I do that. That's right. That's right. (laughs) Uh, You know, when you say yes to everything, that's
0: what happens. (laughs) Well, I mean, so I'm so excited that you're here and our people connected us, which was so exciting. And so I had reached out and I said, you know, what film... Does she want to talk about? And at first, you had said, you know, Bombshell, because you were recently in that. And I was like, I, oh, I thought it was a
1: film that I was supposed to be in. Ah. Yeah, that's what happened. <laughs> which
0: totally fine. Which, yeah. again, you were phenomenal in Bombshell as oh, well. Thanks. Such a great Thank film. Thank you. Um, and then your people reached out and were like, oh, no, wait, she wants to talk about Victor Victoria. And I was like, oh such a great movie oh and so kind you've seen of it. walk oh. oh absolutely of course and so walk me through that kind of decision a little bit why that film
1: as opposed to any other like in the universe I was just a little kid I was like eight nine years old and my dad had rented Victor Victoria from the video station which was you know a VHS video rental uh store around the corner mm-hmm. from us and we rented it. And back then, back in the dark ages, if you rented a movie and you had it for a certain amount of time, you owed a lot of money. And if you had it for, you know, longer than two weeks, then you had to buy the movie. So my father was forced to buy the movie. We forgot to return the video. And so, he, you know, pulled up, you had to pay like $60 to buy the movie, Victor Victoria. And so it was just sitting there on our VHS right. player. And so that was my choice. It was, it was between that and Grease 2. Oh. And, and so <laughs> I sat and watched Victor Victoria and memorized all of the dialogue. And I thought it was such a funny, goofy sort of silent film with with uh, a, 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 it had silent film qualities to it. It reminded me of, you, you know, that it was broad comedy. It was sort of, you know, um, almost like musical comedy acting. Um, Mm -hmm. if there is such a style, but it was, it was cool and sophisticated and interesting and all of the actors were so phenomenal in it. And, and it was such a unique storyline and it was a period piece and funny and yet very dramatic and emotional. And, and you, and I love the fact that it was about, you know, um, you know, I, I, I just, it, it opened my eyes to, um, you know, the, the LGBT world as a yeah. child. And I was, became very sensitive to it and, um, and it's everything French. <laughs> it's, it's just cool. <laughs> I, I just loved that. I fell in love with Leslie and Warren. I thought, Oh my gosh, who is this wacky broad? <laughs> um, y- you know what I mean? To be, yeah. to be, uh, funny, you could be funny and you could be sexy and Mm -hmm. um fun and and you could have a career as that and it's just it was just interesting absolutely
0: absolutely i mean you're hitting all of the things that i I love about this film other than the vhs needing to buy it because i don't i can't relate to that Um, (laughs) yes yes i uh but i i love that and this movie is so dynamic. It's been years since like I sat down and watched it. And so right. to watch it again this time, I was like, wow, this is putting down a lot of great things, like more than I even remembered the first time around. Right. And so for people who haven't necessarily seen this film, what would you say is kind of like the shortest brass tack synopsis you could give about it?
1: Oh, the synopsis. Well, it, it is uh, Julie Andrews, Plays mm-hmm. um, an opera singer who is unemployed, down on her luck, living in Paris, France. Um, it is she's very depressed, and one day during a um, an audition at at some nightclub, she she meets one of the um, performers there, watching her audition, and uh, and they become good friends, even though she doesn't book the job, mm-hmm. and they um, become good friends, and he. Because of him believing in her, he they sort of reignite um, um, her career, and, uh, and they dress her up, and she's disguised as a man who can sing, who has an operatic voice, and she becomes this sensation overnight. And that's when the story begins, because she is a woman pretending to be a man dressed in drag on... <laughs> stage and it is hence the the name victor victoria she decides to call her her real name is victoria Braun, and they decide to change her name to victor in order for her to disguise herself as a man so that she could be unique and stand out and become this sort of uh french sensation and and she she does just that but then she falls in love and and you know is it career is it you know should i should i leave my career for love etc it's just a beautiful movie
0: Absolutely. Wow. And it's, it's so, it's very like classic Hollywood, uh, like musical. It gives a lot sure. of like cabaret singing in the rain vibes with right. all like the sound stage design and this right. kind of like campy aspect of things. And just everything about it is like checking off the boxes
1: for me. It's oh, just- sure. And <laughs> it, what, what I loved so much about it was it was such a, um, a love letter to, um, to the gays. Yeah. It was such a love letter. And for uh, an eight year old child to sit and watch it and understand that, oh my gosh, I remember after watching it saying, Mom, who are these gays? They're so fabulous. They're so sophisticated <laughs> and fun and funny. She was like, Well, I'll tell you something. She was just like, be, You know, we wouldn't, art wouldn't be as great as it is without the gays alone. And I said, Well, of course. <laughs> now I get it, <laughs> but you know it, it was really fun for my mother to to have that answer, you know, to give that answer to an eight year old child asking her about them. She was just like, "Well, if it, if it wasn't for them, we would not have culture. Culture would be non-existent. It would be a very boring world out there." <laughs> I and, love that, um, and she was absolutely right.
0: Absolutely. Well, and it's pretty. um When you really think about it, it's, it's pretty crazy that, you know, 1982, they were like, yes, this whole film is about gay men. Like that's what this film is. Sure, It's just stunning. Like that's pretty revolutionary for 1982.
1: (laughs) Super revolutionary. And, and, you know, uh, um, I, I think Blake Edwards, uh, many people believed that he may have been in the closet or maybe out of the closet, who knows? Um, but he was, um, you know, obviously he had that sensibility and um sensitivity toward that world and he knew what he was doing and he knows how to make people laugh i mean it's irreverent humor that doesn't take itself that doesn't take the world seriously Mm. nothing you know nothing that he created was was you know it it was not meant to it wasn't sociopolitical it wasn't anything but a beautiful experience for two hours right it was a spectacle and and that to me was, was everything that, that, you know, um, uh, performing was about, you know, for me as a kid, uh, you know, I grew up watching Grease and, and all of these movies that were so grand and ornate and um, memorable. And so that's, that's sort of what kind of ignited my passion for wanting to perform, et cetera.
0: Amazing. Well, and I was going to ask you because each of your roles that I see you in are so different and like sometimes I forget it's you which like I mean that in the best possible way (laughs) like from movie to movie and I was wondering like this kind of aspect of like of who Julie Andrews is playing this kind of like double-sided coin of like, who is she? She's different, you know, for different audiences. Does that, do you think that kind of inspired you a
1: little bit or, you know, it's funny watching that movie over and over and over again. And, and I thought, wow. It must be so much work to be a lead in a movie, (laughs) but (laughs) Leslie and Warren and the guy who plays the waiter look like they're having so much fun. (laughs) So that's sort of where I was coming from, because that was my point of view is, wow, I don't want to be hanging out on a set 14 (laughs) hours a day, every day, Monday through Friday. I want to be there twice a week. (laughs) And just make people (laughs) laugh and have a good time. And that's sort of where I was coming from. And I I've always wanted to be a character actor. I mean, there was nothing, nothing turned me on about the leads in anything. I was more taken away by someone who would just sort of go and do a dance and then leave. And I was like, wait, where do they go? You know, it's it's, yeah, yeah. The the rabbit in Alice in Wonderland turned me on more than Alice. I don't know why. It just (laughs) happens. It's who who I am as a human being. It's just I've never really been. I've never gravitated or felt like I, real, like I related to any any uh, of those. Julie Andrews was so glamorous and 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 elegant and stoic in a way. And the other. But the other characters around them were kind of histrionic. And I thought, Oh, oh my man. gosh, <laughs> how fun, you know, these, these are the people you want to party with. And, um, and so I thought my, my mother took me to my mom and dad, uh, one, one new year's Eve. Uh, th- uh I, I lived in Los Angeles. I grew up in LA and Downey. And so there was this nightclub called La Caja Fall ah. on La Caja Boulevard. Mm-hmm. And La Caja Fall was a drag show and it was, Fabulous. My mother and father took me to, t- to the drag show and I was like nine years old. And I remember thinking to myself, I have got to get a job here when I get older. I have to be around all of these fun um, characters. Yeah. They were just so confident and clever and sarcastic and biting and uh and and smart. <laughs> just the epitome <laughs> of clever sarcasm. Absolutely witty. And, and there was nothing like it. And I wanted to be a part of that world in some way or fashion. so, you know, it was fun to escape into that world, even if only for two hours with, with the VHS Victor Victoria.
0: (laughs) Well, I love that. And I mean, you're so right. It's, it's, it's kind of set up that, you know, Julie Andrews is playing this kind of larger than life situation um mm-hmm. but she's mm-hmm. surrounded by all she's kind of the straight character a little bit her and king Oh,
1: and the leads are always the, the straight characters aren't they and then the young robert preston who yeah i mean i, I mean you know robert <laughs> preston who was sort of the brains behind everything right yeah he said listen this is this is what we're gonna do and this is how we're gonna do it and and with my connection to that one agent we are going to make a shit ton of money and just yeah. follow my lead and And I love that.
0: You're delirious.
1: Lower your voice. Toddy. Lower. Toddy. Oh, Caruso, not Chalala. If yes, you don't get back in the Oh, Isn't that good. Big? When you're angry, it drops naturally. Think angry. Oh, oh, my. oh God. What an inspiration. I'm, I'm going to get it off. Victoria, it'll work. Oh, Toddy. It if does you not. listen to me and do exactly as I say, in six weeks, you'll be the toast of Paris, and we will both be very rich. Oh, yes. Very, very, very rich. But, oh, my God. Hey, no more bathlight Light Opera Company. Well, of course. No more Mikado and CD tenors. Yes, but. That's... Caviar instead of meatballs. Where are you going? To get some scissors. I I, I love their friendship to me that that was such a beautiful friendship that they had and, um, and, and how it grew and how they immediately bonded over the fact that they were these two people that were clever and worthy and high functioning and intelligent and talented. And they were both out of work. They were both down on their luck and they thought, how are we going to take advantage of the system? well, this is what we're going to do and this is how we're going to do it and, and we're going to do it correctly, even if, if it means um, lying, even if, if it means, you know, smoke and mirrors, we're going to be doing it. And um, and there was something to be said about that.
0: Yeah, yeah. absolutely. Well, and, <laughs> and then on top of it to throw in, because that's such an ingenious story narrative already. And then you throw in all of these amazing, like, hilarious side characters who you're also kind of in it for. And like Norma, she's out of this world. She's, you know, the blonde bombshell. She's stunning. And the whole time at one point, I was like, Norma, no. Like when she opens her coat (laughs) on the train, she's like, you haven't seen The Last of Me. The Last of Me yet.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Oh, you okay? Yeah. Oh my gosh. (laughs) (laughs) it, It just, it's, look, these characters were not, written as, as your, your average, you know, um, cute little blonde bombshell. She was, she was so funny and, yeah. and Blake Edwards made sure that his actresses were funny and poignant and unique and daring. And they were strong female characters. And I, I just, I love that. Even the sarcastic secretary at the agent's <laughs> office, was just like um, you know I, I I'm no I, you cannot see him he's he's having a you know he's he's with his father. yeah and you know this woman was just so exhausted and over it and I I just loved how he wrote for women I loved how he wrote for everyone I mean he he just I, I mean how he directed and and created this these worlds that um I I don't know just brought a little more sunshine into people's lives. Absolutely. Well, and yeah. the fact that it's, it's aged very well too. I'd it say. has. Like, it, it there's not, not really a lot has. of,
0: there's really no problematic content within it. And like the fact that it's right. from 1982, you're like, how is that possible? Like some of the language, maybe you could make an argument for, but also not really like it's pretty clean. Right. Yeah. yeah. No,
1: sure. Absolutely. And it's, it's very hard to not want to pick, I call it, well, actually I got it from, kevin hart but he says you know it's very hard to not want to pick up the red phone which is you know bring dirty you know uh garishness to humor i mean you know all of the the f's and the the shits and the this and the that and the dams you know how how to not be dirty and be funny at the same time is so difficult surgery absolutely there's 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 such a method there's such a formula to it
0: yeah and like even the like quote unquote like dirty jokes, like the really sexual jokes are so like above board yeah. that it's like that extra bit of like dry funniness of like, like Norma when she's in the room with, um, with Julie Andrews and she's like, lock the door. Lock it's the like, door. it's so simple, but it's hilarious because it's like, she's screaming. She's like, don't touch me. And then it's
1: just lock the door. It's just a, uh, <laughs> uh, yes. <laughs> Reversals. That is irony. Um, yeah, I, I, I was so much fun and, and a lot of, uh, and a lot of slapstick and how there was always mayhem at the, at the, at the restaurants and and the nightclubs and and the owners like, no, no, please not again. I, I mean, it's just, there were arcs to every small character. You were, you know, it was almost like a, like a game almost. Oh my gosh, there he is. There's that same waiter that, that waited on her when she was broke and she was about to (laughs) dine and dash and use that cockroach as a reason to, you know, not pay for the bill. Right. Um, I mean, and then her crazy landlord, like, you know, as a kid watching these, these character actors, they, they looked, again, they looked like they were having such a good time. They looked like they were having a better time than, Julie Andrews. But then again, Julie Andrews had to be the straight person. And for me, being the straight person was um uh I don't know, it was just just, just it just wasn't fun. Was too right. Much, too much hard work. Right. <laughs> well, That's she's a putting a lot of hard in, work. Yeah. Yeah. She's putting a that lot of work, work. Oh, oh my yeah. gosh. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Absolutely. <laughs> if anyone says, Oh, Alana, would you ever want to be a lead? I'm like, ah, I'm too lazy. <laughs> I mean, I I don't enjoy watching myself in every shot. How do I expect other people to enjoy it? Nah, I'm not going to do that. I'm just, just, you know, I'm getting paid to tickle you and run away. (laughs) That's about it.
0: Amazing. (laughs) I mean, so good. I mean, so here's a tough question. Sure. Do you have like favorite
1: part or like moment or like line in this film? Oh my gosh. What what moment did I I, I not I mean um when yes when uh Norma's uh when King Marshawn and Norma were about to they get into the huge fight, right? Mm-hmm. They get in that huge fight and then and then of course it's the lead up to her flashing him at the very end. But she starts talking to herself in the, at the train station. Right. And she's like, thinks he can just push me around. <laughs> thinks I'm just gonna hop on a bump on a thing that she just and then his bodyguard leaves her and she keeps talking to herself. Oh, the train. <laughs> I mean, it's hysterical. She's out of her fucking mind. And it's so much fun. It's so much fun. It's one of my favorite scenes of all time. Push me around. Thinks I'm just going to hop on the next boat for the stage and not with that. Well, you've got another thing coming, Mr. Big Shot Fairy Martian. Because Mrs. Cassidy's little girl, Norma, ain't going to take this one lying down. No! Okay. And don't take it down. You ain't seen the last of me yet. And it could have just been that, but no. Blake Edwards like, why do Why do we get a guy just passing by and just happening to see her flash her tits and everything to the world, and then he falls into the train track? That would be fantastic. But he just knew comedy and it was it was a bit and it was funny and it still stands the test of time. It's not dated humor. It's funny. Yeah. It's still funny. It's so There's funny. There's something to be said about that. Absolutely.
0: There's something about I think really good writing that like always yes. it just always endures.
1: It really and does.
0: This is definitely a great example of it stands it, of, the test like, of time. Every single scene is funny or poignant in some way and like makes a very subtle point throughout the whole film about like gender identity and sexual identity and loving you know career over love like there's a lot of things that are are still pretty modern in this film it just just uh, while also being stunning and hilarious and just yeah, visually com- beautiful
1: oh those costumes oh. The costumes, <laughs> the set, the music. I mean, and then it's funny because when it became a, um, a Broadway show, I wasn't that impressed with it because it was, it just, it's one of those movies. It, well, it was one of those pieces that it's interesting. It was a, it was a musical meant for the screen. Mm. It was too cinematic of a movie when you grab something like that and then you put it on stage it just, it just didn't have that same feel, which is interesting to me because usually it's, it's, it's uh, verse visa. Uh, I like yeah. to say, where <laughs> you will, you know, you'll grab a, a, a musical and then you'll turn it into a film and you're like, oh, eh, that, that wasn't, that was awful. Right. And, and it, it's, it's nothing like it was, you know, on stage, but then to turn a movie into a stage, into a musical, is it's tricky. There is, there's, I mean, I, I find it to be very tricky. There are very few movies that become musicals on stage on Broadway that actually um, work. Yeah, you know, very few of them work. Yeah, it's interesting.
0: I, I'm always curious to see how those are going to go. Like, I know recently there's been like Legally Blonde's a musical and Heather's is mm-hmm. a musical and Rocky was made into a musical at one point, and it's like what. What? Oh my gosh, I know. Like years ago, they were like, oh. yeah, Rocky, Rocky the musical. And I was like, what
1: the weird, hell? Weird pick, but okay. <laughs> oh my god, how weird. you know, this world is so complicated. We are all such bozos on the bus. <laughs> I read one time that Carrie was a musical. Oh yeah. Could you imagine? Yeah, it, no. it it opened and closed at the in the same night. I mean, what how what how was that? How did they do that? Right. I mean, <laughs> Carrie, the musical. You kind of wonder who did, was on that Tammy, board. did you do you know that they made Carrie a musical? The movie Carrie, the Brian de Palma film. I'm telling my sister-in-law this. <laughs> yeah. Open and close in the same night. Well, go figure. Go figure. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, yep. Yeah, that's You're gonna right. happen. What right. a doozy. What <laughs> producer? on shrooms or acid right. dot we're 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 gonna do carry This is the one. We're gonna this is a one. This is it for <laughs> me. It sure it's is, so- buddy. Woo <laughs> 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 <she> acabó <laughs> Anyway. Our way well funny. Yeah. But um yeah it, it's uh yeah it's it, it's interesting. I uh I I just I I believe um uh Blake Edwards passed, is he, is he, is he alive? Is he, I believe he, did he Uh, pass away just recently? I believe so. From pneumonia. Uh,
0: 2010.
1: 2010. I was going to say 2008 or something, 2010. Yep. And, uh, and I think Julie Andrews was his second wife. And um, it's interesting, but he is known for Breakfast at Tiffany's. 10 um ironically which was such a great wild movie um (laughs) you are just a child but do you do have you ever seen that film i
0: have not it's on my list of like ones that i have to watch (laughs) yeah
1: it's 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 fun it's it's kind of it's kind of slow yeah um it's interesting a lot of the films that that i that i fell in love with back in the 80s if I watch them now, I'm like, oh my gosh, they're really taking their time, aren't they? <laughs> right. I, I, I just couldn't believe how impatient I got watching these movies. Yeah. And I haven't seen Victor Victoria in a long time, but watching it, not too, I, I mean, it, about three, four years ago, I watched it again and I thought, oh my gosh, I, I, I'm still hooked. I love this. This is great. But it's, it's, it's funny. <laughs> Very few films can stand the test of time. I think yeah. and, and um, you know, there are very few of them. The ones that do, you know, everyone loves them. And um, you know, but then the, yeah. the other ones that fall through the cracks, you're like, oh gosh. <laughs> yeah, that that was that was painful to watch again. But, yeah, anyway. for sure. <laughs>
0: yeah. They they get they get kind of a nice blend here because in the beginning of this film you could argue is is a little slow kind of to, to get rearing up, uh-huh. but there's yeah. always yeah, something sure. happening. Mm-hmm. And we're mm-hmm. already engaged, like, from the first couple minutes of this. I mean, first and foremost, the first couple minutes is two men who are just getting out of bed. Yeah. And it's very clear that they're lovers. And so immediately we're like, what's happening here?
1: What <laughs> this, is, this is interesting. I've never seen this before. <laughs> right. Oh, nice. Yeah. Each shot set up was a work of art. It was sort of a painting. It was a one of a kind. I mean, I, you know, you, you weren't watching, you know, some, some crime story or a cop or, you know, to a a woman and a man in bed. And then the kid comes in and bugs them. I mean, it's just like, oh, please show me something that I don't know. Introduce me to a world of people that are sometimes looked out, looked, looked at as outcasts and people who I, I just opened my eyes up to a world that i have never seen before and a world that i will never forget and to me there there's something so poignant about that especially i mean you know now nowadays there's 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 a lot of marginalization and Mm -hmm. and and people have such strong opinions about things and and you know it seems like um you know to, to actually create something unique and sacred is, I mean, it's, it's, it's lightning in a bottle. Yeah. No, you know? absolutely. Absolutely. It really is. It really and is. It's, because, yeah. Yeah. No, go ahead. <laughs> I was going to say so many things have been redone over and mm-hmm. over again because, well, why not? Why change what worked? Why right. not do a redo of this and that and the other? Because, you know, look, if you're, I get it. Investors are really scared to invest <laughs> in something new. <laughs> But that was, to me, a big triumph because I've never seen anything like it. Yeah. Maybe just one of the guys. I'm <laughs> <No>, joking. <laughs> but, uh, <laughs> you know, I can't think of anything else that, that you know, holds a candle to Victor Victoria and, 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 and the ornateness of it. Yeah. You know, it was kind of, it, it was a spectacle.
0: No, absolutely. Um, and, yeah. and it's so true. There are some There are a lot of times when, like, Hollywood will come out and be like we're redoing this movie and I'm like why? No 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 don't do that please. Right. Don't ah, do that. No. no. <laughs> please don't do that. Please. Yeah. Right. It's like just re-release the other the old one, the one that we all love that we know yeah. is beautiful and and
1: stunning. <laughs> it, there you go. It, yeah. it's sort of like yeah, we want to we want to we want to give Santa Claus a new look. We want it. We want it. You know what? We're going to shave his beard. No, don't do not do that. No. Why would you do that? Please. Please don't do that. Right. You know, we're going to make uh, Santa Claus, Mrs. Claus, a little younger. <laughs> She's probably going to be Latina. No, just, please, just, come, come on. <laughs> leave it as is.
0: <laughs> Santa uh, has a side cut and like a septum piercing now, like just <laughs> to make
1: him young and hip. <laughs> Whoa. Sans gonna be yes. very woke, but there <laughs> there are some things meant to not be woke. They teach us about <laughs> history. They teach us what didn't work. They mm-hmm. teach us what not to repeat. And I think that's that's the the one Im- important thing about you know revamping things or making things more uh, modernized. I remember hearing uh, Peter Dinklage being really upset about um, the fact that they were going to uh, make a, a remake of Snow White and the Seven Dwarfs. And he, uh, being um, uh, a person who is a, a very strong figure in, in, the, mm-hmm. um, in, in his own community, yeah, uh, he was, you know, really not wanting the dwarfs to be depicted as they once were. But I thought, you know, I- I'm a Puerto Rican and mexican i love watching narcos not every mexican is a drug dealer but i still enjoy it and they are still out there and yes that happened and so you know to to change something that number 1 is a period piece mm-hmm. number 2 you know really you think the kids that are watching it now are going to be thinking about if you erase what was then, then it it just, I I don't, I don't know. You're, you're sort of erasing civilization and where things came from and, you know, et cetera. I, I I don't know. I I mean, it's, it's, I I just don't, I never understood. I don't understand how, how people will want to, um, you know, change or renew um, things except cars, you know, it's, (laughs) you know, Otherwise, we can't learn from history, and and that's that, that's the beauty in things that were that are antiquated. In is is that oh wow we've we've really grown as a civilization. We have really grown as a people. Look at us. What yes. we've come a long way. Interesting. Yes. You know. something Some th- some 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 movies that that um, tend to not stand the test of time for a reason. Mm-hmm. You know as yeah. well. But anyway.
0: No, I Um, 100% agree, and I say this all the time. Of like, it's sometimes it's a bit of a shame that we're like erasing that that bit.
1: It's so weird. It's it's very very strange,
0: and I I love history. So like, knowing that we have evolved since that point is so crucial in a lot of films that I watch. Of like, wow, look, this is a different take on like when they redid um Dirty Rotten Scoundrels with Steve Martin. And then they made The Hustlers with Anne Hathaway and Rebel Wilson. And I was like, wow, look at how far we've come, that we've tastefully redone this movie in a way that still captures the essence. But now it's it's in a different light and it's, you know, quote unquote, woke. And, you know, it's flipping the script on things. And I was like, wow, that's so cool. But I know the history of Dirty Rotten Scoundrels, which is still a fun movie, like if we're being
1: honest. <laughs> I mean, honestly, whatever, whatever is popular at that time usually mirrors... um you know, who, who's in office. Mm-hmm. It mirrors, you know, I mean, it, it's, it's funny. And I was talking to, uh, having a conversation with a girlfriend of mine the other day, I was like, do you notice that in every, in every movie in the eighties, the teenagers were always wealthy. They always right. came from, they lived in really big houses <laughs> and they all had like really expensive cars. Mm-hmm. And, you know, because it was the Reagan era. -hmm. And we were all about opulence, and everyone was nouveau riche, and everyone was doing well or making money, or so we thought. And then, when the recession hit, isn't that interesting? That indie movies, really tough indie movies that left rocks in your shoes, became really popular because we were able to stomach them. Right, and so it's 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 always a comment on the times, and even the humor is a comment on the times, but. For us to have to erase things right now, I think is just so strange. It is. It's it's, it's, it's bizarre. It's kind of regressing in a way. You're, a you're regressing bit. by wanting to erase things. A little bit, yeah. It's very, it's very strange. That never happened. Right. Yeah. That never <laughs> happened. Yes, it fucking did. Yeah. And that's why, because of that, this is why we are who we are now. Right. You know, it's, um. but anyway, uh, you know, p- people are, are interesting. There's, I, I've, in, in, on my, 46 years on this planet I've never felt such a divide between our our people and 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 such a, a strange change in in the um in the industry I'm in you know the yeah. industry I fell in love with was the industry I fell in love with because I was able to push the boundaries and and be sort of a, an exhibitionist in a safe environment yeah. and and for it to now be you know you have to be careful with what you say, your P's and Q's, et cetera. I understand that. But also, you know, um, I, I think there is the whole thing about everyone having the right to have a comment online, et cetera, is, is so dangerous in a way, you Yeah, know? I mean, yeah. it's, and, and uh, kind of everyone is a critic and everyone has a comment and nothing really feels sacred Anymore, as it did when I was a kid, falling in love with those movies. Yeah, you know, there. Um, I, I didn't know what what Julie Andrews looked like without her makeup, walking across the street getting a cup of coffee. I mean, right. it was just sort of the, the you know, anything <laughs> that was in the Enquirer, you knew it was a lie <laughs> or it was ridiculous, and it was for pure entertainment. Yeah, right. You go to the store, you were buying a candy bar your groceries, and you're like, oh look at this! Oh my god. Elizabeth Taylor fell in love with an alien, right. but it, now, you know, we have these, we have these cameras and phones in our fingers in our pockets, 24 hours a day. And we were able to record everything. And it's, you know, it's the Truman show. yeah. And I think it kind of, you know, it, it gets harder and harder to stimulate the masses, you know? as oh, it did when absolutely. i when, yeah when i first started out it's like everyone is is just so over it nowadays i feel like yeah you know it's interesting well,
0: it's so kind of fascinating in that because you're right everybody is a critic all that stuff and it and it is hard to kind of fall in love with films the same way that like you would fall in love with this film you know back in the day right but i mean even on top of that it's can like can someone a, get that <laughs> sorry you're good. sorry i think it it's very interesting that like um I think a lot of people forget that, you know, movies are a form of art, you know, like there's sure. there's an art form within film and like whether or not that film is like complete satire or comedy, like there is still, you know, something that goes into like the production and, and the creation of that thing, which is still like an art form. And so I think, I think both we as a society and and sometimes Hollywood kind of forgets that aspect of things, which I think makes it like complicated in a
1: way, you know? Well yeah when when so many cooks are in the kitchen when you have thousands and thousands of cooks in the kitchen f- first of all the 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 one thing i i i have i have seen is everyone wants to justify their their job. Yeah. Everyone is afraid of losing their job so they feel like they have to comment on this or that the other. Mm-hmm. And to me it's just like you're doing a great job if you leave the artists alone and let them do what they want. It's just your job to babysit. If anything goes wrong, they'll give you a call, but it is your job to leave them alone. And I I, I think there's something to be said about like, I don't know, people like, you know, Rick Rubin, who is Mm -hmm. a big music producer, right? He goes in, he sort of grabs who that artist is, he cultivates it, and then he leaves it alone. And he's Mm -hmm. just like, "You're, you're doing what you're doing and everything you're doing is fine. I'm not going to pick and poke at it. Or, you know, pick pick at the scab until it bleeds, I call right. it. Right. You know, if I if I see anything, a film, a television show or anything, I was like, oh, someone was picking at the scab. Right. Could it. <laughs> Woo. You know, um, that was tough to watch because, you know, uh it's it's but then I see some groundbreaking stuff um on especially on television now, but it's just so it's so fun to see this this renaissance in television right now.
0: Yeah,
1: absolutely. You know, all these platforms and stuff.
0: Oh my gosh, there's too many to keep up with. Let's. There
1: really are. There really are. Yeah. But I also
0: I also wanted to ask you, um, just in terms of the music, Mm -hmm. and and I I know that you were in Coco, which I love, and so I wanted to ask. You know, this is a musical, but it's not necessarily like a she breaks into song and dance for you know, because she met the man of her dreams or anything. It's its all like a show. And yes. I, w- I wanted to ask, you know, one, how, how do you feel about that? And two, in kind of revisiting this movie, is this, you know, kind of musical something that you would like to do more of in like your own career
1: or anything like that? Oh, absolutely. When <laughs> um, I was actually planning on moving to New York and I wanted to do nothing but Off-Broadway and Broadway. And then my father passed away when I was 19, very suddenly, and I was just a good Latina and I stayed, um, and I stayed where my family was and I stayed in Los Angeles and I dropped out of uh, college and I thought, well, I'm just going to immerse myself in whatever work is out here in Los Angeles so I could be close to my family. And that's what happened. And so while I was working on a bunch of pilots that never went, You know, you had a lot of other actresses my age, my contemporaries establishing themselves out in New York. And, and so in the meantime, I would just, you know, take a voice lesson or two here and there and never really thought anything of it. And, and, um, it's funny. I met my husband when I was 34 and, um, he's, he's a music producer and, and, and we were on a road trip and I started singing and he said, oh, whoa, hey. (laughs) like oh my gosh you uh that that sounded quite good do that again do that again (laughs) and um and he sort of uh, helped bring my confidence back in in that regard and before you know it he couldn't shut me up I mean I was just singing like all the time and then finally Coco came around I was like I got to sing in and he's like, oh my gosh, this is so cool. This is so cool. And, uh, and then we got to, and I got to do um, Hollywood Bowl, the live cocoa uh, and, and sing La Bruja and La Llorona live. And it was like floating on air. It was one of the Aww. most amazing experiences of my life. But you know, life happens. And had my father not passed away, um, I'm sure my, the trajectory of my career would be a lot different.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Oh, that's so fascinating. Yeah. I mean. Life. Yeah, life is crazy, right?
1: <laughs> yeah, life is life grabs you by the balls. Yeah, <laughs> it really does when you least expect it. And you, know, it you make all these plans, and then all of a sudden something happens, and, and it's you know, it's it's uh, and it just changes everything. Oh, really
0: absolutely, absolutely. Yeah. absolutely.
1: I mean, I must say, I think the
0: song that you sing in Coco is probably my favorite in the film, and that whole scene on the stage is just so stunning and like so fun to watch and it oh. it did kind of like thinking about you and then also watching this movie i was like oh man like look at the cinematic parallels of like these two musical numbers of like um the uh oh my gosh the the dame oh, oh yeah 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 similar vibe to it sure
1: why not why yeah absolutely absolutely i um yeah, you know, it's uh, yeah, there, there's something just so dramatic about the culture. Um, and uh, it was it was so much fun doing that. And um, uh, La Llorona, in fact, was a song that I knew growing growing up because my sister, my mom was Mexican or is Mexican. She was born in Sinaloa and she would always uh, warn me that if I didn't, you know, if I didn't take a bath or I didn't brush my teeth, La Llorona would come and get me. In the middle of the night, like yeah, of course, because that's what that's that's what a, a, a parent did to a kid in the seventies. That's that's how they they made them go to sleep. And I was she just scared the shit out of us, my sister and I. And so when I got to actually sing it, it was the funniest thing because my mother, I, I took her to the pr- premiere, and she right. was like, "Oh my gosh, this was Laetitia, the woman who scared you half to death that I used to to send you to bed early." Right. <laughs> Hold on, real quick. There goes my my landline again. <laughs> Of course, thank you for that.
0: Of course, I would like oh you to be comfortable <laughs> during the rest of our time together. Yay!
1: Um, <laughs> yeah. So, uh, what were we talking about? Uh, yes, talk- yeah, La <laughs> and uh, it, it's it, it was wonderful. My my mom got to see me perform at the Hollywood uh, Bowl live doing Coco um, and she passed away a year later. So it was, it was, she finally got to see me sing on stage.
0: Yeah. Oh, that's wonderful.
1: That was, that was amazing. Yeah. There's nothing like it.
0: Oh, I bet. I bet.
1: (laughs) For sure, for sure.
0: Let me ask you then, as, as somebody who is Latin. um, Yeah. In terms of like the Shady Dame from Seville, it's, you know, very inspired by that culture and does it feel because c- it's stunning of course but is it weird that
1: like julie andrews is like a white woman singing this song in oh, france or okay oh, oh god not at all you know it, it's <laughs> funny when when people say i can't believe so-and-so played a, a, a latin or so-and-so played a, a you know she's not latina she's italian i'm like yeah she's a freaking actress who cares <laughs> let her play whatever the hell I, I i believed it and if i'm a latina and i believed it thank you. But we're not finding a cure for cancer here. This is entertainment. (laughs) And the person decided to become an actor because they wanted to act, not because they wanted to be themselves, but because they wanted to act. So it's interesting when, um, you know, nowadays it's, you have to be who you are. Yeah, (laughs) The character you are playing has to be everything you are about inside and out. And it, it just, loses all of its nougat and caramel Mm. and chocolate and almonds because then you're just looking at the person walking and talking. All right. Who cares? I think it's so much fun. First of all, it's a compliment to see someone who is non-Hispanic doing something like that. I think it's beautiful. How else can we embrace culture? How else can we become culturally sensitive unless we immerse ourselves in that? yeah it's it's like going to um you know going to mexico or 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 Spain or even France and trying to speak their language even though it's broken. they appreciate it i I think I think it's a beautiful thing. and some people take it are very insulted when you know, i I just can't believe who was the actress who was playing Nina Simone and she had to apologize for for not being. As as dark skinned as Nina Simone was, but I saw the performance, and it killed. It just tugged at my heartstrings, and it really. I learned about Nina Simone. I mean, you you are we forgetting about all of the things that we are learning about by watching this film? Why do we need to crucify the actor that's just speaking the words of the writer and sort of representing? Right, we're a very very small um, part of the entire production of something that is saying so much more than, oh, look at this person's performance. It's not just, right. that. it's what, it's what you are, what you are, um, teaching and mm-hmm. what you are, uh, you know, you're, you're broadening people's perceptions of, of, um, of, uh, humanity. And, and so it's, it's, I, I, I've just, I've never understood that, how, how a, an actor should apologize for, for what they were, you know, for what, what they were so passionate about doing, right. look well, if they if they were you know just kind of doing a half assed performance and this that and the other, sure. I mean oh hey hey, <laughs> move over that's right. meant for this person. But no, I, I think you know people forget that that really you know. Acting came from the theater where no one was themselves. I mean, you know, men were dressed as women and playing female roles. (laughs) When is that going to happen again? Right. You know, I I, anyway, I I come from a different, you know, (laughs) school of thought altogether. But I didn't exactly get into this business because I wanted to be myself. Right. I mean, that's boring. Right. Fair enough. Yeah. Yeah. I I, I think it's, I I don't know. It's, it's interesting. I think a lot of it comes from anger of, of uh, not being given opportunities. Mm. And so, you know, it's manifested into, I'm going to sit behind my laptop and, and crucify this until I'm blue in the face, because I am angry. I need attention and that is it. (laughs) Right. (laughs) You know,
0: which is a fair argument, absolutely. There, of like, I, I, there's a lot of misplaced rage. Yeah, I'd say so. That's
1: Everything a, is misplaced nowadays. I think. Yeah,
0: that is a great way of describing it. Which is not oh. something that I had necessarily thought of from from my hot seat.
1: <laughs> oh, I, I, you know, I mean, it, all of it is just. It, there's just so much misplaced rage. Uh, you know, it's it's really, I, I, I don't know. Uh, it really is a thing a thing to see, and um, and how. And how um so so much of, of what we see nowadays and you know, obviously award shows, et cetera, and and, mm. and um, you know, is is it's it's just taking all of the I don't know, uh, all of that untouchable quality of of the industry that I fell in love with as a child and you know again going back to the film i wanted to discuss victor victoria there was something kind of untouchable about that planet you know it introduced us to something that that many people are insensitive toward and it was you know humanized people that were are were um are are, are somewhat uh outcasts to society and uh it humanized them and it, it 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 uh it gave us the opportunity to be flies on the walls of these people that are not just, you know, considered, um, you know, uh, uh, outcasts. No, they are real people and, and we're, we're watching them backstage and they have and they fall in love and they have dreams and they have aspirations and they're warm and they cultivate friendships and they're, they're intelligent and clever. And, and um, you know, if, if we, if we don't stop making films like Victor Victoria, we are, we are, we are only going to be, um, separated more, I think, and, and not, we have to constantly remind ourselves that we are one. We really, there's, there's nothing, there's nothing unique or different about any of us. We are all, we all come from the same planet and the same cells and we are all carbon-based life forms. (laughs) And the fact that there's such a divide right now is so depressing to me as an artist. It really is. It really is. I can't tell you how, um, you know how how uh, how tough it can be you know yeah. to um yeah to 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 watch uh, you know it, i've been a part of like three decades of the business 80s 90s 2000s and mm-hmm. you're like whoa this is god so much has changed Is yeah. it changed in a good way i don't know i really can't <laughs> tell you and maybe and maybe i'm acting like that woman who's just like a lot older, like get off my lawn, you know, or (laughs) maybe it really, it it is important what I'm saying, but you know, um, if we keep whitewashing and pouring our opinions, um, and, and dissecting everything, it's, it's, uh, it just loses, loses the magic Mm. and, um, and our, our, yeah, it just loses its magic, and and I, I don't want to know how you pulled that bunny out of the hat. I really don't. <laughs> I just want to see that bunny being pulled out of the hat. Absolutely. You know, <laughs> you know it, it's we're all on borrowed time, and I think you know it's it really is. Um, you know, again, Victor Victoria reminds us that you, you got to grab the bull by the horns. Life is short, and if you know you have something to share with the world, seize the moment, seize the day. Carpe diem. And don't let the bastards wear you down.
0: Absolutely. I mean, well said. I feel like that is like the most perfect stopping point. I want to keep talking to you, but like that feels so like crisp and clean. And so, I mean, just first and foremost, thank you for coming on to the show. Oh my gosh! Thank you. Thanks
1: for having me, sweetheart.
0: Oh, of course. Anytime you want to come back, I'm here for it. <laughs> yeah, right on. <laughs> cool. And I mean, I know you have a couple upcoming projects, and I'm sure things that you're working on. You know, where can we find you? Are you on social media? Like any of that? Yes,
1: find me on social media. Follow me on Instagram. I, 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 I it's not all about me. I promise you. I, 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 I take a lot. I, p- I post a lot of things that have nothing to do with me. I promise. So follow me on Instagram. We'll have a good time, and uh, yes, I'm going to be in flight attendant and third season for Euphoria is being written, and I have a couple of little things, you know, and on on uh, in the back burners, on the back burner. So we'll 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 see what comes of those things, and um, yeah, I'm I'm uh, I'm uh yeah, just you know, hanging out in good old Los Angeles, taking care of my four year old, <laughs> and yes. Don't forget to watch Flight Attendant and Euphoria season three is coming up.
0: woo I'm so excited. I'm like, I've been waiting to watch Flight Attendant. And now I'm like, yes, now is the time. There's so much to watch now. I'll just binge it's it all cool. at one
1: time. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's fun. It's a fun watch.
0: I'm very excited. Cool. I Well, I'm so, I, I cannot express how honored I am to, to speak with you and like talk to Thank you on you the so show. Much. I'm such a huge fan and I'm so excited to see what you're doing next.
1: Thank you. Thank of you so course. much. I can't <laughs> wait to start listening to more of your podcasts. This is going to be cool. <laughs> well, thank you so much, darling. Another huge,
0: huge thank you to Alana Ubach for coming on the show and talking about one of her favorite films, Victor, Victoria. I... Oh, man, even just listening back to this episode, I just remember how excited and nervous I was um, just jumping into it. And then on top of it, um, she called me sweetheart and darling, and I blushed both times just even thinking about it. Now, obviously, you can see um, Alana Ubach in The Flight Attendant. She's also on Euphoria right now. And um, I'm always excited to see what kind of projects that she is doing next. So another huge thank you for her to come on the show. And she's welcome back anytime, as I told her. Um, But anyway, if you liked this show um, and you just need more film content in your life, I totally understand that. I'm the same way. Um, So you have a couple options. Uh, Option one, you can follow us on Instagram, which is at Scopophilia underscore podcast. Uh, Of course, Instagram for me is where everything happens. That's where all the updates happen. That's where I keep everybody informed. Um, But your next option is we do have a TikTok account uh, at Scopophilia, the podcast, which I am working on. Posting some new content and some episode content as well, so stay tuned for that. And then, lastly, if that's not enough for you, you want a vis a, a physical visual representation of the show, uh, you can also order our merch online. Uh, it's in our Instagram bio. Of course, there's a link there. You could also go to ncpodcast.com slash scopophilia, which is our main show page. It's everything that you need to know about the episodes and who's in them and what film we're talking about and all that good stuff. Our merch in particular is really great. I wear mine all the time. We have t-shirts, we have hats, and we have tote bags, which is perfect because New Jersey is actually getting rid of single-use plastic bags in your grocery store so you can bring it to your grocery store or your Trader Joe's, your Aldi. It's so multifunctional. Whew, sorry, I get very passionate about grocery shopping. (laughs) But also, since you're online already, you might as well rate, review, and subscribe to the show. Helps us out a lot, and we always appreciate hearing from you guys. And we want to keep the conversation going about movies. So when you're out and about in the world, make sure you are telling your friends and your family and your family of friends and your friends of family about the show so that they can get involved too. As always, I'm your host, Becky Teller leading the millennial movie movement here on Scopophilia. And I'll see you all next Friday. Bye.